Hello and welcome to the Mission City Podcast. In this session, we discuss spiritual warfare. What does it look like in our daily lives and how can we combat it? Honestly, this session was so incredible, I want to listen to it over and over, and I know you will too. So let's go ahead and pass it right along to Dave and Chuck. Good morning, what do you say, Chuck? Hey Dave, what's going on, man? You look like uh, you didn't have your coffee before we met today. You look a little sleepy. Well, it's afternoon. I've had plenty of coffee, but I think I'm on the crash side of that coffee. I probably need to go get another one, but hey, we're, we're here. I'm, I'm functioning well, I think. Do I not look like I'm functioning well, Dave? Well, you just look a little tired. Sometimes you look like you're just, you know. It's, it's the dog days of summer. It I is. I think that's what it it's is. Hot. It was nice to get some rain, though. It was. Did you get any rain at your house? I uh, rode home on my motorcycle last night uh. in the pouring rain, and people were at stoplights asking, don't you have a helmet? <laughs> it's hard to see when you don't have anything on your eyes. And, and you, went, you went, a helmet? <laughs> yeah. What's that? <laughs> What's that? No, it was great. Lightning and thunder. Yeah. Uh, I would say it would be making my grass green, but I don't have any grass anymore. Yeah. It's all dead. Is it? So, Yeah. You know, I was thinking about the rain. One of the things I like to do when it's raining is read. And right now I'm reading this great book I want to share with everybody. If you would like a book on prayer, this book is called The Circle Maker. It's written by Mark Batterson, who's pastor of the church in uh, Washington, D.C. Matter of fact, we're going through it as a staff here at the Central Campus. And it is absolutely phenomenal book. They're all, you know... Really they're loving it. it. They loving, loving it. it. Loving it. What What's something that you could recommend to the people watching today? Because that's one of my go-to books now, and I love the classic, The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. I read it every year. Mm-hmm. I, every Christian should read it. Yes. After the Bible, that's a great one. What What's uh, What's Chuck Foster's book that he recommends to his people when they come? Man, uh, as far as, you know, for me right now, I'm reading a lot of theology. You know, I, I read uh, 20 Things That Every Christian Should Know. It's a good one. It's really good. Systematic theology. Give us all 20 I, real quick. I, I, I no, couldn't, I'm kidding. couldn't tell you off the top of my head. <laughs> my brain's fried. You told me I look tired. I am a little tired. No, um, it, it, it was good. It, it's helpful. Um, of course, you know, I didn't want to read Systematic Theology, which is two volumes mm. of books the size of the Gutenberg yeah, yeah. Bible, I think. Yeah. And uh, it, I think they trimmed it down to a book about that thick. I could read it. That was really good. I enjoyed that, and just uh, uh, re- read a book by uh, Norman Geisler that gave me a headache. It's called "Chosen but Free." Well, Again, he's deep. He's deep he, he is. Um, it is theological, you know, heavy, heavy theology. But recently, I haven't recently. Those are the books I've been reading. But a book I read not too long ago, before I uh, got into ministry, was uh, "Failure Is Not an Option." Failure it's, is not an option. It's by Gene Kranz. You know who Gene Kranz is? I've never met him. Well, I haven't met him either. <laughs> he is, and he was, excuse me, I think he's passed away now. He was, for 37 years, the guy that was at command control at NASA for all the launches. Oh, wow. If you've ever seen Apollo 13, Ed Harris played Gene Kranz huh. in Apollo 13, and he makes his very famous quote, failure is not an option, you know, and they had to provide teamwork to help get those guys home when everything was, everything was breaking down over the course of the, of the flight. Nothing went right except for the teamwork that happened on, in the Apollo 13 capsule um, and got them back home safe to earth. 
So that's really the book. I, I one of my favorite books. Uh, it's not it's not theological, no, but, but I think but I think, I think it, a... it does have a great uh, uh, lesson about the importance of teamwork, cooperation, working together, building teams, uh, thinking uh, thinking. I don't want to say outside the box, but thinking within the within the box right. very strongly about how do you how do you get something done. Yeah, well, I, I think you hit hit something. We're going to talk about spiritual warfare today and. Talking about teamwork, that's why it's so important for us to be involved in, in, a, in a faith family, in a church, in a life yeah. group, because we can't really do stuff on our own. It's great to have, you know, those teammates. You know, you can't, you know, any, you know, your coach, you were a coach for a long time and, and you know, played Division One baseball and all those things. And you know that the, the, the best seasons you had is when you guys played as a team, and that's probably what you coached your, your kids. But it's the same thing with, with uh, church is being on – on the team and being able to fight that spiritual warfare together. And that's, we're getting a lot of questions that people have uh, about spiritual warfare. And so that's what, really what we're going to talk about today. So whenever you, when somebody approaches you about spiritual warfare, where does, where do you immediately start going to in your heart and your mind, or when you're on your knees and you're thinking about this topic of spiritual warfare, um, where do you go with that? You know, um, one, it ex- knowing that it exists, you know, I didn't, I had no understanding about what spiritual warfare was until I got to college. Right. I think that's when I, I, college was kind of an eye-opening experience. Sort I re- of away from mom and dad's umbrella a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and speaking of books, I read a book in college that really opened my eyes. Not, that was not the Bible. I, the Bible is the greatest eye-opening sure, book sure, sure. to spiritual warfare, but it's a book called This Present Darkness. Uh, Peretti? Frank Peretti. Yeah. Somebody recommended it to me, and I was—I remember we were on a road trip to Duke, and uh, I don't think I came out of my hotel room except to play the game because wow. I stayed in it because I got so embedded with that book and loved it, and I, it really opened my eyes that there was something going on in a realm that I, I couldn't see. And there was a, you know, it's fictitious. It's sure, yeah. but it it really makes you aware of that we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, like it says in Ephesians six twelve. Right. But we wrestle with the the powers of darkness that uh, that exist. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think I think sometimes Christians err on one side or the other, like we like we typically do on just about any issue, right? Uh, not me, not we as in me and you. We're right on all the other issues, right? Uh, sure, sure, yes. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, you know, sometimes we we have Christians that pretend it doesn't exist, that there's no spiritual warfare out there, that it's just chance, luck, whatever it might be, and that's a big mistake. That yes. is a big mistake because First Peter 5, 8 tells us that Satan is a roaring lion seeking to devour his prey. That, to me, created... That verse created the greatest imagery for me about what Satan's about because I like to watch those nature ch- shows like on Discovery or whatever. Have you ever seen that when a lion really gets on one of those you know, animals? They devour those things. And so that's what Satan desires to do to us. And so you have some people that err on that side where it's like constantly uh, there is no such thing and, and, and they just pretend it doesn't exist or they don't acknowledge it because they don't want to be you know, labeled as anything. But then you have those on the other side, too, that they blame everything, even their own mistakes that they make. Well, that was just, you know, I'm under attack again when really it was poor decisions, uh, whatever that might be. And so right. I think what we would say is we, we're not 
saying it's under every bush or it's right there all the time, but it is very real. Speaking of, have you seen The Ghost in the Darkness? I have. That's an excellent movie. That really is Michael a Douglas very... Michael and Val Kilmer? Yes, yeah, that's a, yeah. that is a movie that really helps you understand. When you think about a roaring lion, a, yeah. a lion that is uh, hiding and seeking someone to devour... I, I watched that movie, and I, man, that, I think, golly, yeah. that's Satan ready to pick us off at any moment. Um, that's, that's spiritual warfare happening, you know. Um, and I think you point to a good, uh, a, a great thought that not every, uh, not every spiritual struggle is spiritual warfare. A lot of it's just our stupid decisions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we make plenty of those. I've made plenty of those. Dave, I know you haven't made many of those in your life. No, but, uh, no. I mean, I'm it, just, you know. But, <laughs> but my point is, is that, you know, we are, you know, we're born with a sin nature. And uh, so we've got to, we got to understand that first, uh, that we're born with a sin nature. But once we come to Christ, we know that Satan's looking for a way to attack us, to pull us down, to make us ineffective, uh, sure. all those things. And that's where spiritual warfare really plays a huge role in, um, in our lives. Yeah, and once, you know, let's make this clear, Satan can't possess us as, follow, as fellow right. believers in Jesus Christ. Followers of Jesus Christ cannot be possessed. However, we can be oppressed. You know, we mm-hmm. can't allow ourselves to, to sort of be uh, oppressed, and, it, and the attacks do come to keep us ineffective, to keep us from sharing the gospel. Somebody handed me a C.S. Lewis book called Screw Tape Letters yeah. early on in my walk with Christ, and I read, I read that. I read that. And, uh, you know, one of the, it, it talks about the plot, you know, of the evil one of, okay, well, this person came to know the Lord. Let's, let's figure out a way to make him ineffective. Remind him of all the shortcomings of the pastor of that church or the shortcomings of that church. And let's remind him so that he doesn't invite people and eventually he stops going. Because that's what will end up happening is you'll allow yourself to be surrounded and you start listening to the other things. And pretty soon we're ineffective and Satan has, has worn us down. Right, and you know it talks about in six eleven, Ephesians six eleven, that we're to put on the full full armor of God because we need right. to stand against the schemes of the devil. Right. You know, I was a coach for a long time, and I understand yeah. what it means for a scheme. For scheme to work a out. Scheme is not just a passing thought. Right. Like he's not just all of a sudden just going. Oh, let's just pick on Dave no, over no, here. No, no, it's a plan. A scheme plot. is a plan. plan. We when when we're planning to attack another team or or. or defend another team we have to put together a well thought out plan a systematic way in order to score or prevent another team from scoring and when you think about it that's what satan does he has a systematic plan he schemes right right in order to throw us off in order to make us ineffective in order to oppress us in that way and so i think i think you hit on something that's very important yeah and when you talk about um, when he's scheming and he's planning, you know, knowing your enemy obviously is very important. I mean, you mentioned first knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior, right. then, then knowing who your enemy is and what his plots are. Once you know those things according to God's word and you're read up, you can, you know, it's like when my son's playing select baseball, they had this play called the Let's Go, Let's Go. And what it was is there's a runner on first base, and the first baseman would play. Uh, right up on the the runner, but then when they called "Let's go, let's go," he would back up so that he would so he would lead off faster. And then when the coach would yell "Let's go, let's go," when the umpire or, or when the 
pitcher went to his set, he would throw to first. He would come in behind him, yeah. and they'd get him tagged it's out. A back pick, and yeah. he would be out. Yeah, a back pick. So they called it the let's go, let's go. Well, what's funny is one tournament he called it, and guess what? There was a kid on the other team that had played for us the uh. year before, and he didn't change the name of the play. And so he said, let's go, let's go. And all of a sudden, this kid was the catcher, and he ran out to the pitcher and said, hey, this is what they're going to do. Or the you know, guy ran out there and told this guy what was going to happen. He knew what it was, and that's really important because I was reading this verse in Hosea 4, 6 that says people are destroyed because of their lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's what happens when we become a believer. We don't get into God's Word. And, you know, when the Bible's talking about putting on uh, the helmet, it's talking about renewing our minds, as it says in Romans, that we have to renew, refresh our minds each and every day by being in the Word of God. Right. So, Psalms one nineteen eleven. I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against yeah. you, right? Yeah. And so it is where we spend in our time. What do we fill in our mind, our heart with, so that we can better better battle? You, 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 we talked about a scheme. You know, First uh, Peter 2.11 says that our sins are waging war, yeah. waging war against yeah. us. So we're, we're in a constant battle, yeah. uh, battle for the heart, battle for the mind, uh, that the world brings about. That's Satan using culture. That's Satan using yeah. what we love against us. Yeah. Because we love, there's things that we love yeah. uh, that are used in order to keep us from being effective, keep us from being Christ followers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, for me, um, I loved baseball as a kid. Obviously, you did too, growing up, playing a lot. Uh, and then having a son and then being able to watch him play, I realized that I was allowing my heart to be captivated by his success on the field, how much playing time he got, all of those kinds of things. It was starting to take me away from the purpose of why we started playing ball. And the reason we started doing that was it was a platform to share the gospel. And we had, we had the ability to lead some of the dads and some of the players that had either never been to church or had been out of church and talk to them about Jesus and have a Bible study. Yeah. And then pretty soon I become so preoccupied with, is he getting the playing time he deserves? And, and I missed completely on the boat for, for a while. And I remember, it was a, I remember vividly, oh, I'm man. on my way to church on a Sunday morning, and I think my son had a game later on that day, and just overwhelming me, overwhelming in my heart, the power of the Holy Spirit going, you're liking this more than you are loving me. And it's getting in the way of everything you do. Because I was distracted, I was going to preach, but my son had a game and so I realized that he used things that could be good and turned them so that I would not focus on Lord, not focus on my sermon, not focus on shepherding the people. I was so preoccupied with, you know, looking at Game Changer on my phone to see the score and all those things. Yeah, I was uh, once at one of Derek's games, and we were all sitting in the outfield, and uh, my son got pulled for a guy I didn't think he should be pulled for. And uh, here I am, a coach, and and that's a no-no, right? To, right? to to show any of that. And I, from the outfield, as loud as I could, said, "Really? Are yeah. you kidding me?" And it, and everybody in the stands turned and looked in the outfield. And I, at that point, I went, "Oh, that's not good." <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Whoops! Right? Because the thing that we love, the thing that I was trying to teach my son yeah. about a good thing, yeah. turned to a bad thing, and that. And that is, that is an example of what, what Satan wants to do and turn that witness. My witness was gone for a while. Yeah, well, I had, that's... I had to go apologize and be in, 
and really seek, you know, forgiveness yeah. from people over my behavior, right? Because that was a that was a battle I lost. Yeah. Because well, and that's the, the thing is is John ten ten says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And destroy. Think about in that moment what was stolen from you. You know, what was killed in that moment was, was the passion you had to get to watch the game. You got to watch your son play. Pretty, that's all out the window Yeah, because that happens. I'm but, the idiot in the center field, yeah. out in center field. No, I've been yells. there. I've been there. Yeah, I've was, had umpires turn around and go, okay, last chance. You yeah. Know, how bad is that? The passion got ejected from the game, from a little league game. You know, that it's, is amazing. It's, it, it's crazy. And I'm the same way. I'm like, guys, I'm, you know, I have to apologize. And then, then, you, then, then your witness, what's my witness worth? You know, did I just trade my witness for a, call, for a bad call? Yeah, you know, in a, in a game that ultimately doesn't matter. Whenever you know people's souls are at stake and such, and so yeah, it's 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 important for us to realize we are in battle and and to know Jesus. Obviously, that's the belt of truth is is right. knowing Jesus. And then when it goes on talking about the breastplate, you know, it's talking about seeking righteousness, and that's what I think of when I think of in um, James four seven. Submit yourself to the Lord, and then you know. The devil flees from you when you're submitted to the Lord and what we're trying to walk in righteousness. Because when we get outside of walking in righteousness, when my eyes wander to television programs I shouldn't go to or websites on my phone or any of those things, or spending too much time away from the word, mm-hmm. I can peer from, you know, start to veer off from righteousness. And then I've left myself vulnerable. I'm like that gazelle that got away from the herd or yep. the, the, the wallaby or whatever it is that the roaring the, lion, he gets the off wallaby. My, I don't know. I don't know. Is there a roaring lion in Australia? I don't, I think they have, do they have do they lions have, in Australia? Do they have lions in Australia? Uh, oh. If they have lions in Australia, please comment. Yeah. Just know. comment on the bottom. Uh, you know, they have dangos. <laughs> they do. They the dangos. Dangos. Um, yeah. What I love about the, um, the fact of, uh, what God has done and what God gives us, he gives us a fighting chance. Right. Absolutely. He gives us a fighting chance, but it, re- it does require us to do something. <clears throat> I mean, it does require us to go to him. It right. does require us to spend time in God's word, yeah. to spend some time on our knees. Um, the, the whole idea of the full armor is not something that's just going to happen. You, the, the, you don't wake up with armor on, right? You got to put on the full armor of God. Yeah. And what I, I've always found is that as I, before I attack the day, right, before I attack the day, I have to put on the armor, yeah. right? Uh, so what's the saying? You got to you just stay ready. It keeps you from having to get ready. Well, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I've, I think I've heard that before. Donnie Anthony said something that really made sense to me one time when he's talking about the full armor of God. And I love giving Donnie uh, props on this. He said, uh, nobody, no knight puts his armor on then goes to bed, right? right? As he gets up in the morning... He puts his armor on to go fight the, for the day, go yeah. fight the day. And so um, that's something that I think all of our listeners should, should think about. And as they say, well, you know, I, I, read, I read my Bible in the evening. Great. I, I think that's awesome. But I'm thinking all that day, what, yeah. you know, what are you saturating your mind with? Did you spend that morning uh, saturating your mind in the Word of God so yeah. that you now have the armor on, you have the breastplate of righteousness on, you have the helmet of salvation, yeah. the sword of truth, yeah. you're carrying the sword of truth with you. So uh, that's just something to think about as you uh, are preparing your day 
and getting ready to fight the spiritual battles that are well, coming. Well, I think one of the reasons you have to be in the Word is when it's talking about the shield of faith, you know, you think about the shield, the shield's in front of you. Your faith has to be in front of you as you go out throughout the day. You know, right. we've talked about faith here before. We talk about without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so when we go out, my faith, you know, I have to talk about um, what 1 John 4, 4 says, that, that he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. However, if I don't, if I don't, plan for the schemes that are against me because like we said you got to know jesus first you got to know your enemy but also too you got to live in a righteous way where you are putting on the armor of god you are preparing yourselves and, and then we know that we are the victor that we are free and and psalm 91 talks about he who dwells in the shadow of the almighty and this this idea that that god is our covering that he is watching over us but what's really important too is to be involved in in a discipleship group right. i know that that you guys have man church that meet early on a Wednesday. And I imagine those men leave your, your man church ready to take on that Wednesday afternoon. And, and I've heard people say that that comes to your deal. I wish we did this every day. You yeah. know, it's like, well, you can do it by yourself, but it is important to be around a group because when you think about the armor of God, you know, when you think about the way the Romans fought, they all, they didn't have any armor that protected them from the back. You know, they, all the armor was from the front. And so they would fight in that circle. And that's where we get our term, uh, I got your back. I'll watch your back for you. That's kind of what the body of Christ is for. And when we fight, we're praying with one another, encouraging one another with the word of God. That's why at Mission City, we're always going, hey, are you in a life group? Who's, who's your life group leader? Are you plugged in? Who's your D group after you're in a life group? We want you in a smaller, even a smaller group. It's great you go to two gather ladies on Tuesday night, but there's 300 of y'all there. Be in a life group where there's 30, then be in a small group where there's four or five and you guys are regularly praying and and encouraging one another. I know they get on their they get on the group text and they're sending out a deal of how much they're praying. You know, my wife just had surgery and it was so great. All the ladies and and in the church just sending her, hey, we're praying for you today. Yeah. That really helps her take on the day too. Having that ability of having those ladies around her. Right. And uh, man, I, I she's doing well. That's good to hear that she's doing well. Yeah. Great to see her today. Yeah. Uh, out and out and about. Yeah, I appreciate everybody's prayers. And it's really good to see her. Um, you know, I think also, um, you know, Jesus is our greatest example yeah. of fighting spiritual warfare. When you think about um, what he did when he went into the wilderness, yeah, you know, I mean, he uh, he he was approached by Satan himself at his most vulnerable. Yeah, fasting. And, and, and what did he do? How did he fi- how did he yeah. fight spiritual warfare? The Word of God. He, he said, man can't live by bread alone, but mm-hmm. by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so his, his testimony is Scripture. Yeah. Even Jesus felt important to be. He's the example. He felt important. Use Scripture as a means to fight your battles. Yeah, it's, and, the evil one's not afraid of, of Dave Cash or Chuck Foster. What, what the evil one is afraid of is, is the Word of God, and he's afraid of the believer that is in the Word of God and uses the Word of God. That's why we have to be certain in what we read in God's Word, because that keeps the shield of faith in front of us. We have to be certain, and then we have to be prayed up. You know, in our prayer time, you know, Jesus, that was the other thing that he did. He went and he got alone. 
so he could spend time with his heavenly father. It was that example. And so we need to be certain, you know, as first John chapter five talks about uh, of, of having the confidence that we can go to God because our relationship with, with, with Jesus Christ gives us access to our heavenly father. And so we know that we have the confidence that we can go directly to Jesus, the ultimate warrior, you know, right. and we can fight those battles. And, and then we also, it says later on in first John that, that if we have the confidence to go to him, we can also have the confidence to know that he hears us and then he not only hears us, but he answers our prayers and protects us. That's awesome, Dave, man. That's great. That was a great topic today. Be able to to really walk through spiritual warfare, all the things that we battle, man. And you guys at home, I know that uh, uh, the more you spend time with God, the more the enemy is going to want to come at you. Um, and so stay in God's word, trust him. Um, he, he's, he's certainly yeah. there for you. He certainly uh, uh, he wants to provide a way of escape, as it yeah. talks about in, Corinth, in, uh, in Corinthians. So we're excited. It was great, great talking with you, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Hope it was a great day for you. Absolutely. Great time. Uh, love you, brother. We're praying for y'all. Thank yep. you for tuning in and watching this. And we hope to see you at Mission City Sunday. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Mission City Podcast. If you enjoyed this session, then we encourage you to rate and review this podcast on whatever platform that you are listening. It really helps us reach more people with the gospel of Christ. Thank you again, and we look forward to seeing you next week.